G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. You know, you messed up. You say, I messed up. I did so many things wrong. But this is what the Lord has done for me. That's turning your mess into a message and turning your test into a testimony. Your life may seem like it's little more than broken, shattered pieces. Today, Pastor Greg Laurie points out the Lord can heal your brokenness and use you once again. Jesus can take whatever wrong you've done and forgive and yes, heal and be glorified in your life still. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again, you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. There's a special form of Japanese pottery called kintsugi. It means golden joinery. Broken ceramics are restored with a lacquer mixed with powdered gold, silver or platinum. The repairs are obvious and beautiful. The Bible speaks of us as God's workmanship. We may have some cracks and chips, but God can heal us in a beautiful way and make us vessels of honour. And today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie explains how we can be fit for the Master's use. Now, by nature, I will admit it, I am a messy person. How many messy people do we have out there? Just own it if you're kind of messy. You live in clutter. You have a lot of cats in your house. No, no, not that, but. How many of you are very tidy, neat people? Raise your hand up, okay. How many of you who are messy are married to a tidy person or you're tidy and you're married to a messy person? Yeah, so you all need marriage counseling, don't you, right? Yes. But you know, my desk is always cluttered. I have lots of books stacked up, papers, drawings from my grandchildren, half-eaten burritos, uh, my collection of Powderpuff Girls figurines. Uh, No, that's a joke. It's uh, actually Hello Kitty figurines. No, anyway. But so, you know, I live in clutter and I'll clean it up. But listen, I've got good news for messy people, especially those who have made a mess of their lives, is the Lord is really good at cleaning up our messes, right? He can turn your mess into a message and he can turn your test into a testimony. Talk about a guy who messed up his life. Moses really blew it big time. Taken into the court of Pharaoh, being trained presumably to be the next Pharaoh of Egypt, He knew this was not the life he wanted to live and being a Jew himself, he wanted to help his fellow Jews get out of the bondage of Egypt. He sensed his destiny early on, but he had the right idea, but he certainly went about it in the wrong way. And he went out one day 
looking at the treatment of the Jews and he saw an Egyptian taskmaster who was especially cruel beating a Hebrew and he stepped in and the Bible says he looked to the right, he looked to the left and he killed the guy, hit him in the sand, which isn't a great idea if you're trying to hide something because sand shifts. It was quickly discovered. The Pharaoh found out, effectively put a contract out on the life of Moses. Um, Moses has now gone from the prince of Egypt to being a fugitive from Egypt. So as our story opens, he's moved off to the wilderness and he's been there for 40 years. And now the Lord comes and speaks to the 80-year-old Moses. Let's read about it together. Exodus 3, starting in verse 1. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he went deep into the wilderness near Sinai, the mountain of God. Suddenly the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire in a bush. Moses was amazed because the bush was engulfed in flames, but it didn't burn up. Moses said to himself, amazing. Why isn't this bush burning up? I must go over and see this. And when the Lord saw he had caught Moses' attention, God called to him from the bush, Moses, Moses. Here I am, Moses replied. God told him, do not come any closer. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. We'll stop there. God proceeds to tell Moses he's seen the suffering of his people. And now he is appointing Moses to go back to the Pharaoh and demand the release of the Jewish people. And Moses was stunned. He hadn't heard from God for 40 years. Now you would have thought that Moses would have fallen down on his face and said, thank you Lord for second chances. But instead he becomes a human excuse machine. Let's look at his excuses because these are the same excuses we offer as to why God would never work through us. Excuse number one. Moses effectively says, I'm not deserving to be used by God. He did have a point. <laughs> if you were God, would you have picked Moses? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna use this guy that murdered the Egyptian. The Lord seems to go out of his way to pick, well, flawed people. Maybe it's so he'll get the glory ultimately. God is not looking, as I've said many times, for ability. He's looking for availability. God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Really what he wants is just for someone to say, well, Lord, I, I'm in. I'll go. I, I'll do it if you want me to do it. Moses says, well, I'm not deserving. Well, no, we're not deserving, but it's not based on what we deserve. It's the grace of God that he calls us by. Number two, Moses effectively says, but I don't have all the answers. Verse 13, Moses protested, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they won't believe me. They'll ask, well, which God are you talking about? What is his name? So what should I tell them? God replies, I am who I am. Just tell them I am has sent me to you. In other words, Moses, it's not about you. It's about me. Excuse number three, the people won't believe me. Exodus four, go over one chapter. Verse two, the Lord asked him, what do you have there in your hand? Moses replied, well, it's a shepherd's staff. Throw it down on the ground, the Lord told him. So Moses threw it down and it became a snake. Moses was terrified and he turned and ran away. 
That makes me laugh actually. Then the Lord told him, now take hold of its tail. So Moses reached out and grabbed it and it became a shepherd's staff again. Perform this sign, the Lord says, and they will believe you. And uh, the Lord told him, they'll realize that the Lord God of their ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has appeared to you. So we'll stop there. So I see this as a somewhat comical scene. What is that? A shepherd's staff, throw it down, throws it down, turns into a snake, probably a cobra. The cobra was the symbol of Egypt and a very venomous snake. You get bit by a cobra, oh, you may not be long for this world. So the Lord says, pick it up by the tail. One thing you never do with a snake is pick it up by its tail. I know because I used to collect snakes. Don't ask me why. But when I was a kid, I had this great fascination with reptiles and snakes in particular. And I used to catch them in the wild as well as buy them from pet shops. And then when you catch a snake, you know, you're sort of following it through, it's slithering ahead of you and you can, there's a little instrument you can use, sort of a pronged instrument. And if you can get it on the snake's neck, not easy to do, hold them in place, reach down and pick them up. Or you can do it with your foot. And so we would step on the snake's head kind of lightly and then reach down, get him by the back of the head and then grab the rest of his body and then throw him into a pillowcase and be bit by him probably four times in the process. But the reason you hold him at the back of the head is so he can't bite you. You pick a snake up by its tail, it can rear right back and strike. And so Moses obeyed God, so you gotta give him credit. He picks up the cobra probably, and now it turns back into a staff again. Now, as I said, the serpent, the cobra, was a symbol of Egypt. It's also a symbol of Satan. So in effect, the Lord is saying, I want you to face your fears. Here's a symbol of Egypt. Take the snake by the tail. Or as the expression states it, take a tiger by the tail, right? Go for it. Don't be afraid. Face your fears. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. Today, Pastor Greg is offering some important reassurance for our times of fear and uncertainty. We're studying the life of Moses in the series titled Water, Fire, Stone. Let's continue. I wonder what fears you're facing right now. Maybe I'm talking to somebody that is an addict. You're an addict to drugs. Maybe it's meth, pot, heroin, some other drug. I don't know what it is. Maybe you're an alcoholic and you can't break free from it and you've tried and you've failed and you've just given up. Okay, I'm telling you, take the snake by the tail. Face your fears and know this. God is bigger than your addiction and He can deliver you from the power of it. But you have to stop making excuses for it. And you have to stop blaming it on other people and own it. This is you. You need to be willing to change. You need to bring it into the light of day. Make yourself accountable to others. Say, help me with this. Pray for me. Maybe you need to go to rehab or get some kind of treatment. But face it and attack it. And don't let it control you for another day. So he took the snake by the tail. All right, so in closing... What are the takeaway truths from this message? Number one, ask God to forgive you. If you've messed up like Moses, admit you've messed up. 
and as I said in another message, try to fail forward. In other words, learn from your mistakes. You see, Moses learned some important lessons. First in the court of Pharaoh, where he was schooled in the ways of Egypt. He knew Egyptian culture, Egyptian art, Egyptian military strategies. He knew about all the Egyptian deities. This would all come in handy when he was facing off with the Pharaoh. And in the wilderness he learned how to deal with wayward sheep. <laughs> that would come in handy as he led an army of people through the wilderness for 40 years. He learned why impulsiveness was a bad idea and he learned how to wait on the Lord. Number two, if possible, ask for forgiveness from those you have hurt. So if you've hurt people, apologize. Apologize to your parents. Apologize to your ex-spouse. Apologize to your children. Oh, you should never apologize to a child. Yeah, you should. If you've hurt them. If you've been wrong. Well, I don't want them to see my flaws. They know your flaws, trust me. <laughs> Just say, you know what? That time that I did that thing, I was wrong. And I ask you to forgive me. You would be amazed at the healing power in saying something like that. Because I see this happen a lot. You know, fathers, I don't want to pick on you, but I will. <laughs> you know, you mess up. Maybe you walk out in your family. Or maybe you're an absentee father. But moms too, it happens. And then the children get older and you have no relationship with them. And then you have no relationship with your grandchildren. And it's this miserable scenario. Did it ever occur to you that you could go to your child, even your adult child, and say, I wasn't the father I should have been. I wasn't the mother I should have been. And I am really sorry. Would you give me another chance? You might be surprised what will happen. That all of a sudden healing could start taking place. So if necessary, apologize. And listen to this. Make restitution. <laughs> That's a word we don't hear much these days. Restitution. So we'll say, oh, sorry I did that. I just went and wrecked your car. Sorry I wrecked your car on purpose. Forgive me. I forgive you. Okay, bye. Wait, hold on. Buy him a new car. That's called restitution. Zacchaeus was a man who took advantage of other people financially. He met Jesus and his life was changed and he came out and publicly announced, I will restore four times whatever I took from any person wrongfully. Jesus said, truly salvation has come into this guy's life today. See, we don't think of restitution. Well, I'm sorry. Well, that's nice to say you're sorry. Can you fix it? Let's say that you spread a rumor about someone that was not true. You even put it on social media. It was found to be false and wrong. Oh, you go to them, sorry. Uh, how, let your repentance be as widely known as your sin. You spread the false message, now spread the right message. So we won't do that. We'll just apologize, but if possible, make restitution. And listen to this. Now your failure, mistake, or sin is a part of your story. Maybe you'll use it as an object lesson. Don't do this thing because I did this thing and I faced the consequences of it and I wished I'd never done it and I don't want you to make the same mistake. That's feeling forward, friend. And that's turning your mess into a message and turning your test into a testimony. You say, this is what the Lord has done for me. I messed up. I did so many things wrong. But the Lord did this for me. Remember the story of Malchus, that guy who um, 
led the charge to arrest Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And Simon Peter pulled out his sword, took a swing, off comes the guy's ear. So what does Jesus do? He heals the man's ear, the ear of Malchus. So by the way, I found out through careful study, Malchus's last name was Van Gogh. Malchus Van Gogh. <laughs> Google it later. Van Gogh cut his ear off. Forget it. Okay, he's an artist, Dutch artist. Okay. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> delayed reaction. And the delayed reaction is, I get it, and it wasn't funny, so what's the point? Why are we wasting time while you... Let's just stay a little longer here. Okay, we're done. Okay. <laughs> Jesus' last miracle was covering up the blunder of a disciple. If I were Jesus, I wouldn't have healed that guy. I'd have said, serves you right, hmm? <laughs> Jesus healed him. Boom. Jesus can take whatever wrong you've done and forgive and yes, heal and be glorified in your life still. So in closing, maybe there's somebody here that doesn't even have a relationship with Jesus Christ. We're talking about what it is to know the Lord. Is He living inside of you? Is your sin forgiven? You've tried to be a good person. You've tried to live a good life. You've tried to change your life and you've failed. You need help. You need God. You need Christ who died on the cross for your sin and rose again from the dead three days later to come and live inside of you. And I'd like to close by giving an opportunity for you to pray and ask him to come into your life right now because he stands at the door of your life and he knocks and he says, if you'll hear his voice, he'll come and live inside of you. But you need to ask him to do that. And I'd like to close in prayer by extending an invitation for you to put your faith in Jesus so he can turn your mess into a message. Let's pray. Now, Father, I pray for any person here who does not know you, wherever they are. I pray that your Holy Spirit will convict and convince them of their need for you, that they would come to you and believe. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important closing prayer. And if you'd like to make a change in your relationship with the Lord, Pastor Greg will help you do that right now. As you've been listening to this today, maybe you've heard another voice. By that I mean, yeah, you heard me say a few things, but you heard God's voice speak to you deep in the recesses of your heart. And it suddenly dawned on you, this is what I need. Or to state it more accurately, this is who I need. I need Jesus, and I want Jesus. But maybe you don't know how to make that connection. Let me help you. Pray this after me right now if you want Jesus Christ to come into your life. Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner, and I am sorry for my sin, and I need your forgiveness right now. Would you come into my heart and my life as Savior as God, as friend, I choose to follow you from this moment forward. Thank you for calling me and accepting me and forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I know that was a relatively short prayer. Maybe you felt something as you prayed it. Maybe you felt nothing. That doesn't really matter because God's word says 
These things we write to you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. It doesn't say, so you may think you have it, or you may hope you have it if God's in a good mood. No, that you can know it. And I want you to know, if you pray that prayer in a minute, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has come into your life. So congratulations. You're now a Christian. Now continue to follow the Lord. And to help you as you follow the Lord, we'd like to send you some resource materials we call our New Believers Growth Packet. It'll answer many of the questions you might have and get you started in your new relationship with the Lord. We'd love to send one to you when you call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And the team would love to pray with you too. Call 1-800-772-936 today. Next time, Pastor Greg brings us insight on Moses' dramatic confrontation with the Pharaoh of Egypt. More from the series Water, Fire, Stone, right here on A New Beginning. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called How God Can Turn Your Mess Into a Message. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.